was a snow day. Doesn't it feel like today is the first Sunday, the first normal Sunday of the year? And we get the beautiful pleasure to live in Hickory, the craziest weather in the universe. Can I get an amen? amen. What the heck happened, all right? That's all I had to say. What the heck happened? This has nothing to do with my sermon. I just needed to get that off my chest. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful. Snow and then, and then spring-like weather. That's awesome. Confusing, but awesome. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. But even though today feels like the first Sunday of the year, it's not actually the first Sunday of the year. It's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's actually the third. But we are in the second part of our series, Are You Ready? Three, two, one, let's go. And here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's the whole thing about this series, just so you can get the idea. Because we're not jumping into the intro, we're jumping into into the second part. We're jumping pretty much into the half of this series. So I need to make sure that you guys are with me and understanding what this series is all about. Here's the thing. Here in iChurch, we believe that God has so many blessings for you in 2017. I'm going to repeat that. Here in iChurch, we believe that God has so many blessings for you in 2017. So many blessings. But are you ready for them? Are you ready to handle what God has already determined and predisposed to put in your hands? We know that he is going to do his part. But are we going to do our part? What about us? Come on, that was good. We know that God is going to do his part. Right now he's up there in heaven working on what it is for you. But are we going to do our part here in earth to be ready for when it comes? Are we, here's a question, here's a question. Are we stopping the thing that God has prepared for us that we are wanting have you ever thought about it that way? Are we stopping the thing that God has prepared for us and that we are wanting? Double portion of desire. And are we stopping it? This series is based on Genesis chapter 27. And today I really want to focus on teaching you guys this awesome lesson. That's why I have the board over here. And I really, really want to teach you guys. So it's not going to be, it's, there's going to be preaching in between, but it's, it's mostly going to be teaching. So I need you guys to give me feedback and make sure that you guys are not asleep. All right, we started off wrong. We started off wrong. It's okay. It's okay. We'll get back up. <laughs> the first sermon, which was given live last week, it was given live because even though it was snow that we still had church, we still came here, and we did it live so everybody could see it at their house. The first sermon was preached by pastor, and it was the greatness of our father. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about how God is so big, and now he wants to bless us, but we have to be aggressive, and we have to go get it. And we see that in Genesis chapter 27, this whole series is based off of that. Genesis chapter 27, verse 5 to verse 7. It says, now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt a game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, look, I overheard that your father said to your brother, um, I overheard what your, brother said to your, what your father said to your brother. So bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing. So here's what's going on. There's Jacob and there's Esau. They're brothers, right? If you, just in case you don't know the story, they're brothers. Jacob and Esau are brothers. And then their father Isaac is going to bless Esau because Esau is the, the firstborn. So, but to bless him, his father Isaac says, I want you to go out there and I want you to bring me, I want you to bring me an animal. And I want you to prepare me a stew. I want you to prepare me some food the way I like it. Isn't that crazy? I'm going to bless you, but give me some food. <laughs> now, I'm going to bless you, but I want some food. I want some good food. And then her mom heard that that's what, what was needed for the blessing was just a stew. 
And her mom overheard that, so her mom goes up to the other son, Jacob, and says, hey, your brother went to go hunt somewhere over there when we already have animals in here. Go grab that one, be aggressive, let's kill it, let's make a stew, then you bring it to your father, and your father will give you the blessing instead of giving it to, to your brother Esau. So this man decides to be aggressive in 2017, and the sermon that Pastor brought for us was, if you're not aggressive enough, somebody might get there first. Somebody might steal your blessing. You might be thinking, no, no, that, that'll never happen. God wants to do something big, and he wants to do it with you, but he doesn't have to do it with you. I know nobody wants to hear that, and I'm sorry to be so harsh, but he doesn't have to do it with you. Sometimes you got to connect your God facts, and if you were to connect your God facts, I call that this one of the best lessons God has given me. Sometimes, and it's not part of the sermon, but sometimes if you were to connect your God facts, you would make less mistakes because you already have the answer to all of your problems if you were to connect your God facts. God fact number one is that God doesn't make exception of people. And God fact number two is that God wants to use people here on earth to do his work. That brings you to a conclusion. What? He wants you. He doesn't need you. He can use anybody. So connect your God facts and you'll have your answer to the solution. I'm not trying to be harsh or yell at you. I'm just trying to teach you guys. You still with me? But you go online and you listen to that sermon of Pastor Carlos. You can do that. That's an unpaid announcement for iChurchOKA.com. You go and you click, watch, and you see it. When we were starting, every time I would make an announcement, Chino, our web designer, would go, Woo! Now we're so old, I make an announcement, he doesn't care. Okay? It's all right. It's all right. I still love you, bro. Let's go to today's sermon. Today's sermon is found in Genesis chapter 27, verse 9 to 13. And I, want to, I don't want to break this down for you guys. And then I'm going to get away from this to another story and teach you the correlation. So if you have your Bibles, go with me. If not, we're going to put it up on screen. That's why we put it up there so you can read it. So whatever you prefer, pull out your eye. You know how people used to go like, go through your Bible and find it. Now we should go like, go through your Bible and find it. Right? <laughs> Anyways, in Genesis chapter 27, verse 9 to 13, it says the following. It says, go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats. This is, this, is, this is the mom speaking to Jacob. The same story, the verse that follows. She says, go out there and bring me two choice of goats so that I can prepare the food for your father the way that he likes it. And then take it to your father so he can eat it and that he can bless you before he dies. It's a great plan. This is great. This is awesome. That's all that was needed. But then look at what Jacob says. Jacob is a crazy Jacob. Looks at Rebecca, his mother, and he says, but my brother Esau is a hairy man. What the crap? My brother Esau is a hairy man, and I have smooth skin. Is this, is this from the Bible? Is this a commercial to a lotion? What the heck is this? What is he doing? Promoting freaking... Uh, 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 Blades for men. He's like, my, 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 my skin is smooth. What if my father touches me and realizes that I don't have any hair? Uh. I can imagine his mom looking at him in the face. And this, this, is not what the Bible, this is not what the Bible says. This is what I imagine. I can imagine her mom, Rebecca, looking at him and just uh, slapping him in the face. Get your act together, boy. You don't have no hair? Then go, go get the goat and go put the goat's hair on your arm so that when your dad touches you, he feels like you're hairy. And then put the skin so that it feels like you have a rough skin. So that it feels like you're a man. <laughs> so it feels like you're a man. Right now you, you, you. <laughs> Just leave it there. Right now you're a man. So it feels like you're a man. And then his mom, and then he says, well, what if I get cursed? What if I get cursed? And his mom says, if, if you're going to get cursed, let it fall on me. But don't, listen, hey, hey, don't live your life missing out on your blessings because of your fears. Don't live your life missing out on the blessing because of your fear. 
His mom was telling him, be aggressive. And it brought me to this. Today's sermon is all about how we face our problems and our situations and our circumstances. How do we face them? How did we face them in 2016 versus how are we going to face them in 2017? Are you ready to take on the challenge? Do you know your system? Do you know your way? Do you know your perspective? And so we're going to go into a, into a lesson. I'm going to take you guys through a lesson. And for that, I want you guys to go with me to Jonah. We're going to go from Jacob to Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. We're going to put it up on screen as well. I want you guys to go to Jonah. We're going to break down Jonah so we can analyze how he faces problems and see if it has any correlation to us and to the rest of the Bible and see how we can apply it to our own personal lives. I'm telling you, this is more like a lesson. So I hope God can speak to your life through it. And I hope you guys can hang in there with me. You guys with me? All right, Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says the following. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. And he said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Because the wickedness has come up before me. Now, before we continue, I want to break down to you guys something that you guys might have already, something that you guys might already know. But it's this famous topic. I love, I love talking about it, especially in the youth. And it's, okay. <laughs> it's this famous, this famous topic. And I'm just going to write it like this because of time. But it's perception versus reality. Perception versus reality. Let me, take it, let, 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 me, let me put it this way for you. There's a big difference between perception and reality. Perception is what is known to be. Reality is what it actually is. Now, there's a big, big difference between those two. Perception is what is known to be. Reality is what it actually is. Let me give you, let me give you two examples. Uh, you've heard this in philosophy class. There's a tree in the middle of the forest, and no one is around to listen. No one is around to listen. And the tree falls. Boom, didn't make any noise. Perception versus reality. In reality, we ought to believe that it made noise. Everything makes noise when it falls. At least a little bit, it makes noise. But people tend to say no. Why? Because the perceived reality of the tree falling is that was known to be nobody listened to it. So if nobody listened to it, it made no sound. Sound is based on who listens to it. Let me give you another one. A little boy grows up, and he grows up, and his parents constantly tell him that the grass is orange. He lives his life learning that the grass is orange. In his mind, ever since he can remember, the grass is orange. And when you ask him about the grass, he will describe it as if the grass was orange. Perception versus reality. Is the grass orange, people? No. What about for this kid? Is the grass orange? Yes. Because there's a perception. It's what is known to be to him. So the question is, which surpasses the other? Is it actual, do you, should you live and should we operate under the notion of what is perceived or should we operate under the notion of what is real? Apply that to your marriage. If in your marriage, if, if in your wife's head you messed up, you cheated on her, she has a perception that you are a horrible man because you, uh, let me think about something that I did recently, because you... Ate cornflakes and then you left the bowl on the table. In real life, I really did leave the bowl on the table. This is a bad example. But in real life, let's say I didn't leave the bowl on the table. Let's say in reality, I put it. In reality, I'm not a pig. But she's mad because I'm a pig. Should I treat her based on the reality or should I treat her based on the perception? Be careful. Be careful with your answer. 
Be careful with your answer. Because if her reality is different from my reality, what's wrong with your marriage is that you never tend to look at the other person's perspective. And what happens is that you have to tend to agree to disagree all the time. Because her reality is not your reality and you can't seem to convince each other. When that happens, you need to think about her perception and your perception and find a middle ground. But this isn't a marriage conference. We're going to continue. There, we all have a different way of perceiving things versus real things. And so we, I want to break down three things Three things for you today. I want to break down three things. Um, three, three things that explained perception in a, in, a, in a fun, crazy way, okay? Let me, let, me put it, let me put it this way to you. We got number one. We got number two. We got number three. I'm going I'm to I'm teach it to you the way that I usually learn it, okay? Don't judge me. I'm not an artist. I'm just a wannabe, okay? Thank you. Here we go. You guys still with me? You guys enjoying this? Anybody want to play Pictionary after service? If you're on my team, you're going to lose. <laughs> and the third one we got. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Listen to this. Check this out, people. Check this out. First one is angle. First type of perception is going to be in your life, angle. Second one is going to be interpretation. If I misspell something, it's okay. Just focus on God. I already did misspell something. And the last one is going to be Misdirection. Mm -hmm. I should have practiced this. Just saying. All right. Check this out, people. Check this out. You guys want to see something cool? First is angle. Angle is all about where you are standing at the current moment. Now, I could do a whole series on each and every one of these. I could do a whole series. Sometimes in life, you're going to have to angle things in order to be able to go through them. Okay, let me explain it to you. When, where, where you're standing will often determine your conclusion upon what you see. Where you're standing will often determine the conclusion. In John chapter 11, we talk about the man, the death of Lazarus. And the, the, the story tells about this man called Lazarus, and he dies. He's about to die, and they come up to Jesus. Jesus is somewhere else, and they tell Jesus, hey, did your friend Lazarus, he's about to die, man. You should go do something about it. He's like, oh, he's about to die? Okay, cool. I love him so much, and I'm going to stay here for two more days. Wow. Now, I'm going to stay here for two more days. It's pretty much like he was waiting for Lazarus to die. Then when he arrives, Lazarus is already dead. And then comes um, her, Martha and Mary, which is Lazarus' sisters. They come out, and they're freaking out. And, he, and Martha comes up and says, if you would have been here, but now you're here, you could do whatever you want. But Mary has a totally different response. She comes running. She jumps at the feet of Jesus, and she says, if you would have been here, you could see it in John chapter 11, verse 32 to 34. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at the feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Period. She ends. And then when Jesus sees it, the Bible says that Jesus is troubled. And Jesus asks her, where did you lay him? Where have you laid the body? Now, here's the thing with this. From Mary's angle of the situation, from Mary's angle of the situation, Lazarus is dead. 
The situation is tragedy. From where she is standing and from who she is, the sister of a brother of grieving, sister, this is a tragedy. She ex- what she experienced and what she perceived of that situation was horrible. From Jesus, the same situation was an opportunity for a great miracle. Because from where, Jesus, from where Jesus was standing, it was an opportunity to spread the gospel. And Lazarus, dead, could have done more than if he was alive. Because now Jesus is going to bring him back to life and the word's going to be spread around. And most believe that that's the miracle that got him killed. People started freaking out. From Jesus' angle is an opportunity. From Mary's angle, because of who she was, is a tragedy. Let me show you guys something. Let me show you guys something. You guys see me there? Good? Yeah? David? Cool? Okay. No? All right. Just trying to help. Uh, How do I explain to you guys what's going on? Let me talk to you guys about perception. Okay? Uh, Stick with me. I am going to get this lid through the table. Nobody's excited about that? Man, let's pray. I'm done with this, man. You know how much I practice? I'm really going to get this through this table. Y'all don't believe me? Okay, check that out. Keep your eye on the lid. I'm going to get this through the table. Uh... Every magician needs like a little Christian magician, okay? Needs like a little wand or something. Uh, no, that's too. Okay, we'll use this. Classic seasoning. Con limon. What's this? Here you go. Y'all ready? Okay, okay, I know what's going on. You guys need to pray for me. <laughs> Help me out, everybody. Say, God, let, him this go, let this go well. Let this go well, okay. Come on, people, one more time. God, let this, let this go well. Perception. Explain to you guys in a magic trick, angle, interpretation, and misdirection, and that's going to explain how you're going to deal with the situation. First point is angle. I already broke to you guys what angle is, and what angle means is 
Jesus looks at Mary after, 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 after Mary's freaking out and Mary's saying that from her perspective, everything is going well. Jesus looks at Mary and Jesus tells him, where's the, where is, where's the body? Move the stone. Move the stone. Jesus might be telling you in 2017, if you want to make sure that you fix your angle, you're going to have to move. Because you're standing from a place, you're coming from a place where you are not being objective over the situation that's going on. And if your perception is ruined upon your reality, you're going to be messed up. And I know a bunch of you are getting lost. Let me, let me see how can I explain this to you. In your life, whenever you feel like you can't deal with your marriage anymore, whenever you feel like your situations are, whenever you feel like your, your, your finances are hurting, whenever you feel like everything is going wrong, what God is saying is in order to tackle the problem, you can't stand where you've been standing because where you've been standing hasn't been working. You're going to have to take a leap of faith and move so that you can see the situation from my angle and my perspective and your reality won't be so harmful. But you got to move. Look at the person next to you and say, you got to move. You got to move so you can see the situation differently. Second one is interpretation. Let me talk to you about, about, about interpretation. Be careful how you're interpreting the situation. Because you might be calling failure what God has called victory. Hmm. I'm going to repeat that. You might be calling failure what God already called victory. Don't be fooled by how it sounds. Let me talk to you about, let, let, me, let me give you a little illustration about interpretation. I say this all the time. People don't believe me. Me and my wife, we interpret things completely differently. Completely differently. We got home the other day. It was 2 a.m. after the vigil. By the way, if you didn't come to the vigil, you missed it. It was awesome. We got home, right? We got home from the vigil. We got home from the vigil. It's like 2.30 a.m. That's whenever we finished cleaning. We got home. And then as soon as we get down, it's me, my wife, and Daniela. We get down. We're going towards the door. And right when we're going towards the door, me and Daniela look back. And there's this huge silhouette of a dog. In our minds, it had red eyes and drooling everywhere. Me and Daniela see the dog at a close proximity. So the first thing we do is say, Hannah, open the door. Hannah, open the door. And Hannah has the keys. And Hannah's like, I'm opening, I'm opening. I'm like, Hannah, open the door. Why do I need to open the door? There's a huge dog over there. Where? Open the door. We're going to die. Open the door. And she's like, where? And me and Daniela are like, please, please open the door. And she's like, I want to see the dog. No. Open the door. In her mind, she interprets the situation, her perspective on the situation. She gets the opportunity to see a killer dog. And me and Daniela's interpretation is we get the opportunity to die. Interpretation matters how you address the situation. In her mind, there's no, there, there, there's, there's no danger. So because of her interpretation, she handles the situation differently. Because of mine and Daniela's interpretation, we handle the situation differently. But you got to be careful that your interpretation isn't messing up something that comes from God and you're saying it comes from Satan. you got to be careful with your interpretation. Look at Job. Job is this man that loses everything. I'm not going to go into details because I'm running out of time and I'm still not done. Job, Job is this man who goes through pain, who goes through hard time because Satan goes up to God and says, Hey, um, uh, can I mess with Job pretty much? And, and, and God goes like, Oh, go, go mess with Job. He goes mess, messes with Job. Job's pain could have been interpreted in his own eyes as Satan winning. In Job's mind, in the middle of that pain, Job could have easily thought Satan is winning. Satan is defeating me. Job's pain could have been interpreted by him as God punishing him. 
His perception over the situation could have been horrible. But the reality of it all is that God was growing Job through that pain. God was making Job stronger through that pain. So what Job needed to do is that Job needed to trust in God and not make his own interpretation of the situation and allow God to determine what's really happening. Are you allowing God to determine what's happening in your life? Or did you decide to do that on your own? Or did you decide to give your neighbor the authority to tell you why your marriage has failed? You decide to give your neighbor, you decide to give your friend the authority. Listen to me, people. You might not like this, but sometimes a little storm is just God deviating you from a bigger storm. And in the middle of that little storm, you're going to be freaking out. You're going to be saying, why God, why God, why God? Instead of saying, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, so that he can take you where you got to go. But you got to trust God. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. You got to decrypt. First one is move. You're going to have to move. And you're going to have to move and find the right angle. And in, and in interpretation, you got to decrypt. You have to translate to see what's going on because in the heavenly realm, the, that word that you've been speaking over your life doesn't mean the same thing that it does for us. I'm saying that in heaven, you've been speaking over your life disappointment. Disappointment is not that you're stuck. Disappointment is all the contrary. It means that you're realizing that there's greatness. You wouldn't be disappointed if you didn't think that person could do something great. So you're talking over your kids and you keep thinking that you're so disappointed upon your kids and that that's a bad thing. Translate the situation and the problem and realize that that's not a bad thing. The reason you're disappointed is because you believe in him. Don't believe in him through disappointment. Believe in him through trust. Frustration. Maybe you're speaking into your life frustration when frustration is not, your frustration is not because you fell. Your frustration is because you're trying. You can't be frustrated if you're not trying. So you need to translate your problem because you've been thinking, oh, I'm frustrated because I keep falling. Whenever you should be saying, I'm frustrated because I keep trying. But you got to translate and you got to decrypt what's going on. Don't be a victim of your own perception, people. Last one, misdirection. It started individual. Misdirection, started, I started speaking about it individual. And it is that what you are looking at, is, what you are looking, what you are looking at is direct, directly affects the way you live. What you're looking at, literally, with your eyes, what you're looking at directly affects the way that you live. Look at Peter. Peter was in the boat, and God asked him to step off of the boat. When he stepped off of the boat, he was what? What was he doing? He was walking on water. He got off the boat, and he was looking at Jesus. And because he was looking at Jesus, it affected the way that he lived, so he was able to walk on water. And we all know the story. The minute that he tried to look away, the minute that Satan tried to put misdirection because of the waves and because of the, the minute, the second he took his eyes off of Jesus, he sunk. Because he wasn't focused anymore on what had previously gotten him the victory. He was focused on what could give him the defeat. What you're looking at will directly affect the way you live. Are you looking at all the things that could possibly harm you? Or are you looking at all the things that could possibly bless you? Are you looking at all the things that can possibly knock you down or all the things that can possibly lift you up? Because depending on what you're looking at, you're going to live your life. So the first one is that you got to move. The second one you have to translate and decrypt. And the last one, in order to make sure that your perception isn't fooling you, the last one is that you have to refocus on what really matters. Who, what is your drive for all those resolutions you made? What are you looking at? 
Because I promise you, depending on what you're looking at, it's the way that you're going to live. Let me give you a simple one that, that hopefully won't hurt too much. If you're going to the gym, and every day that you go to the gym, you look at a picture of another person's sexy body. God has done that before, right? Or am I the only crazy guy? You look at the picture of a shirtless guy that you want to be like, and that's how you go to the gym. What you're looking at will affect the way that you live. And as soon as you get that body, I promise you, there's a high possibility of you being a prideful man. But if you wake up, and it's, you know, every time you go to the gym, instead of looking at a, at a, at a strong body, you look at, at, at a picture of a healthy old man with his grandkids, I promise you that you might do better. But you got to think about what are you looking at? I got to change because you have been fooled by your own perception instead of being led by God's reality. I'm going to repeat that. You have been fooled by your own perception instead of being led by God's reality. I got to change. Look at the person next to you and say, I got to change. I got to change. Only if you mean it. If you don't mean it, don't say it. The second thing I want to talk to you guys today about is the system. And I'm going to try to break this down as fast as possible. We all have a system. This is, this, is, this is the first thing that I talk to you guys about. Angle, interpretation, misdirection. You got to move. You got to translate. You got to refocus in life the way you're looking at problems so that you can tackle them correctly. So this is the way that you're looking at your problems in 2017. Make sure you got that clear. The second thing I want to talk to you guys about is the way that you actually address your problems. The way that you actually act upon your problems. We all have a system. Say with me, system. We all have a system. In psychology, they call it coping. Have you ever heard that? Has anybody ever heard coping? That he, he's coping with his problem. That's how he copes with the loss of his dad. That's how he copes with his house. The, the way that you handle and your coping method, this is, this, this is powerful. You have to know your coping method. I was going to put a picture up there and we were going to study all the coping methods. There's hundreds of coping methods. If you want it, I can give it to you. A study of how people cope with problems. And you can read and you can find out exactly how you tend to cope, how your kids tend to cope to your problems, and then study how to help that. I highly recommend that, but we don't have the time to do that now. But when you're, you got to know how you're coping with your situations. Because your, your coping method might also be your destruction button. Your, um, your coping method might actually be your destruction button. You want to go talk to Judas and see if that was the case or not? The way that you cope with your situations might be messing you up and messing your family up. So make sure you know how you're coping with your situation. Look at Jonah. Look at how he coped with the situation. I'm not going to read it. Jonah chapter 1 verse 3. They're going to put it up on screen. I'm just going to narrate it. Jesus comes God and God says, go to Nineveh and do this and do that. He perceives it wrong. He doesn't perceive what God perceives. What he perceives is stupid, ignorant people that should not be saved. So based on how he perceived, now he is going to cope. Now he is going to act. And the way he acts is that instead of doing what God called him to do, he's now going to go to Tarsus. He's going to go away from God's calling. He's going to cope in a messed up way. And you know, you know what a bonus, you know what a funny thing is? Is that in life, there are only two routes. You can either, you can either be running towards God or you're running from God. That's it. If you're sitting, every single person sitting in this chair, from a pastor to a child to a person that's never heard the word of Jesus, you're either running towards God or you're running from God. Which one it is. And I promise you, you can get mad at me, but I promise you that if you're running from God, you're making a mistake. There's no way that you can run from God and make the right call. There's no way. You can see it literally in a funny, in a funny little, little, little thing. By the way, BT dubs, uh, when you run from God, you do dumb stuff. 
This guy was closer to Nineveh than he was from Tarsus. <laughs> this guy was closer from the blessing of God than he was from the curse of his own decisions. And he still decided to go to his own decision. Because when you run from God, you do dumb stuff. Let me tell you another thing. Let me tell you another thing that happened with him. Drastic measures bring drastic results every single time. For the good or for the bad. Drastic measures bring drastic results. If every time that life comes and hits you, you take a drastic measure over your life, I promise you there will be a drastic result because you, 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 you went too fast. You did a little bit too much. Now, that's for the bad, but it's also for the good because if you're trying to fix your marriage drastically, you got to take some drastic measures. That's the only way it works. If you're trying to fix your kids, you got to take some drastic measures. How are you coping and tackling your problems in 2017? Is it the same way that you used to tackle them in 2016? Did that result good? Did that result good? Did you do good in your 2016 resolutions? If that's the case, you're on the right path. Keep on going, buddy. But if you didn't do so good, you're like, man, I, I, I envisioned a little bit more. Mm, a little bit more. If you didn't do so good, maybe it's because you're coping and handling it the wrong way, and you got to change your methods. Paul said, whenever I was a child, I used to think like a child, but I'm not a child anymore. So now I don't think like a child. I think like a man because I'm a man. Do you still think with your past or are you thinking with your present for your future? Come on, you still with me? Church, you still with me? Say, I got to change. I got to change. So last thing. So, so, so here it is. Here, here's the wrapping of my sermon. Here's my conclusion. You got the way that you're perceiving your problems in 2017. You got the way that you're coping with your problems, that you're actually handling your problems in 2017. And there's one more aspect of every one of your situations for 2017. What's God's standing on the matter? That's the last one. There's your perception. There's your system and your coping. What about God? What's God standing in every single one of your problems? Every single one of your problems. Because if you think that God's not involved in your life, you're wrong, my friend. God is everywhere at all times. So whether you're far from God or whether you think you're close to God, I promise you that every single one of your problems, every single one of your struggles, and every single one of your situation, God has a standing on it, and he is watching over it. And there's no way that you can get too far or too hidden for him to not see you. That's why, that's why we have grace. So that he can always keep his eye on you. What's God standing on your problem? In 2017, the way that you're going to handle life, what's God standing on the matter? Where is God in the way you handle your problems and your situation? Where is he? Where's God when hard time comes us way? Where is he? Let me tell you where he's at. Jonah chapter 1 verse 4. Then the Lord... Look at where he's at. Jonah's, Jonah is tackling problems the wrong way because he perceived it the wrong way. And he's running from God. And in the midst of running from God, in the midst of his problems, while Jonah was in the boat, in John chapter 1 verse 4, it says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm aroused that the ship threatened to break. That's where God is. So what are you talking about? That's where God is in every single one of your problems, in every single one of your hard times. You want to know where God is? God is right there. I don't get it, Jose. I'm going to read it one more time to you, and then I'll tell you where he's at. Then the Lord sent a great 
wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Hosea, what are you saying? Are you saying that, Hosea, that, that God's going to destroy me if I run from God? No. Hosea, what are you saying? Are you saying that God's going to get mad if I, don't do, if I don't handle my problems the right way? No. Are you saying that God's gonna get, are you saying that God's gonna punish me if I perceive things the wrong way? No, that's not what God is doing in this situation with Noah, in this situation with Jonah. God is not mad at him, God is not punishing him, God is not pushing him. His perception is that God is mad at him, and all of our perception is that God was mad at him because God was sending a storm. But we are not anybody to question God's way. God was not mad at him, God was not pushing him away, God was not punishing him for what he has done. God was giving him giving him a chance to get back on the right path and do what he called him to do in the first place. God was giving him a chance to not have to live the rest of his life in regret because he was heading the wrong direction. And maybe you've been heading the wrong direction for so long. Maybe in 2016, you made the wrong decisions. You made the wrong turns. You perceived wrongly and you handled your marriage wrongly and you handled your finances wrongly. And all of a sudden, a storm comes. And all of a sudden, a hard time comes that drops you to your knees and brings you to church and in the midst of that you can think where is God God's working on it God's working on it because he loves you with all of his life because he loves you with everything that he is God is working on it right now I know if you feel like it hurts I know you feel like you're not going to be able to do it I know you feel like 2017 is going to be a failure I know you feel like 2017 already was a failure I know you feel like there's no hope for your marriage I know you feel like the storm is too harsh I know you feel like you're trying to make the right decision and all of a sudden it feels like you're going to drown and the water comes and it hits you and you're wondering where is God I promise you that your God has never abandoned you will never abandon you and he's standing right over the boat, giving you a chance to get right back on your path. It just needs to happen, people. It just needs to happen. You don't want it to happen, but it needs to happen. You don't like it when it happens, but it needs to happen. Because it's God's way of forcing you to get back on the water. And here's the funny thing. Running from God will feel uncomfortable. And sometimes running towards God will feel even more uncomfortable. <gasps> yes, sometimes from God will feel, running towards God will feel even more uncomfortable. What do you think he liked it more? In a boat with a storm? Or inside a freaking fish? Both routes. One towards Nineveh, one towards Tarsus. And the one towards Tarsus was hard, but, it, but, but, but you could deal with it. It was hard, but you could deal with it. And the one running towards God seemed impossible. Seemed impossible. Didn't even seem like he was running toward. He was running towards God whenever he's in the mouth of that fish. But at the end of the day, my God is right there, sending a fish. Sending a storm, sending a hard time, sending a tough time, because you're such a knucklehead that that's what it takes to get you to jump off that boat. And he won't let you live the rest of your life in regrets. Would you imagine what would have happened to Jonah if he would have gotten to Tarsus? Could you think for just one second what the rest of his life would be? We wouldn't be talking about him right here, right now. Could you imagine what the rest of your life would be 
if God wouldn't have sent, if God isn't sending right here, right now, that little push to get you back on track. Here's my sermon for today. Josue, 2016 wasn't a good year. 2016 wasn't that great of a year. 2016 was a tough year. Well, here's my sermon for you today. In 2017, I have to change. I told you when we were speaking about perception, I told you when we were speaking about handling, and I told you whenever you were criticizing God's method, you need to change. You Maybe you don't like it because you don't like it when you need to change. Maybe you don't like it because you don't like it that I come here and I fuss at you. I ain't fussing at you. I'm giving you an opportunity in 2017 to rewrite your story and it'd be different from 2016. But for that, you got to change your mentality. It is no longer tough times. It is no longer Satan winning. It is no longer your family being destroyed. It is it's no longer your perception. It is no longer how you handle it. Now is God taking care of you every step of the way. In 2017, He will take care of you every step of the way. That's what it is. So change your mentality and see life for what life is. It's a gift from God. 2017, he's going to give you a big blessing. But are you ready for it? Or do you need to change before it comes? So that when it comes, you can see it. And when it comes, you know how to handle it. And when God acts, you know how to trust him. That's on you. You choose. For now, please close your eyes and bow your head. I'm going to pray for you. Father God, we come before you, Lord, in this moment. Because we love you with all of our hearts, God. We come before you, Jesus, because we need you today more than ever, God. We come before you today, God, because we have realized that in 2016, so many things went down, God. In 2016, so many things happened, God. In 2017 has started, God. And we believe that the blessings that you have for our lives are big, but we need to be ready for them, God. For when they come, we must be ready for them, God. So in this moment, God, I ask you, God, to give courage to everybody that's sitting down, God. To give, to give courage, God, to every single one. To give enough drive and enough fuel for them to change their ways and change their mentality in 2017. And start seeing the opportunity of a blessing instead of seeing the fact that their arms are not hairy enough. Instead of seeing the fact that they're not supposed to receive the blessing. That they're not worthy of receiving that blessing. That it's supposed to be a blessing for Esau and not for Jacob. I ask you to give them the courage they need to change their mentality. And go get that blessing, God. To trust you for that blessing that's coming. To trust you for that blessing that's coming, God. In this moment, give them the bravery, the courage, and the drive they need to come to you, God. Thank you, God, for sending the storm, God. Thank you, God, for sending the storm, God. Thank you, God, for sending the fish. Thank you, God, for not letting me go on down on that wrong path, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. What a beautiful name it is, God. What a beautiful name it is, God. 
the name of Jesus, the name of our Savior. What a wonderful name it is, God. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We need you, God. Thank you, God. Right there where you are, I'm going to invite you to stand and sing with me this chorus one more time before we dismiss you and let you go home. What a beautiful name it is right there with your eyes with your eyes closed. And if you don't know the lyric, open your eyes and look at the screens and make this your song for 2017. That no matter what's going on, no matter how hard it seems, such a beautiful name that won't let you down.